the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Heard daily, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Here on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me now, CFP. Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com, also heard on KDOW AM 1220. Mr. Burton, getting ready for retirement, uh, you have a list that you put together for me, um, kind of a good checklist, and uh, getting ready for retirement. When do you start to get ready for retirement? Well, 10 years out, Ten you got to practice. And, and practicing is remembering to kind of take that vacation that's overdue, use it up, figure out what you're going to do, what you like. Um, You've got to have a plan to get yourself out of bed in retirement every day. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy it. I understand that. Now, one thing that you need on your list of getting ready for retirement is an estate planning power of attorney. Um, how many people right. really do that? Um, well, all of my clients, if we're going okay. to talk about that. So I, I tend to see most people um, that have kind of had kids that are a little bit older and once they get assets, that's when they start to worry about it. So I think most of the people that I meet have had an estate plan done, but it's usually old. They forget to renew it. They forget to update it every couple of years. And the language is out of date. The people are out of date. In other words, people that they've named to take care of their kids are passed away. Their estate, they're older than them. Um, And then you need to update certain forms like your healthcare directive and your power of attorney, which your healthcare directive is... You can get that online, but it's what happens in terms of life support systems and things like that. Power of attorney, though, is if you're disabled, this is at any age. If you're disabled or incapacitated, who can handle your financial affairs for you? Who do you trust? Name that person on the power of attorney because if you don't do that and you are disabled or, or uh, you know, you can't – let me give you an example. Let's say you're the breadwinner, Rob, and your wife stays at home with kids in a situation like that. And all of the retirement savings is going into your 401k. You're disabled. You're a vegetable. You're sitting there. The wife can't access the 401k without a power of attorney. And then they have to pay a bunch of money to go to court in order to be able to access those funds. 
that's a problem. That's something that you shouldn't put your family through. So that's why people need their estate plan done. It's not just a will and a trust. It's other forms. On your list of things to get ready for retirement is get healthy. Uh, yep. I give odd financial advice. I tell people take good care of your teeth because I've yet to find insurance that will cover you know a lost tooth and replacing it five, six, seven thousand odd dollars. And it's so easy to take care of your teeth. What are you meaning when you say get healthy? Um, well, a lot of people that I see enjoy retirement a lot in the beginning. It's because part of their daily routine, the first thing they do is go exercise. Okay. And they do it in groups. And those are the people that really seem to enjoy it. Uh, hiking, the gym, running, whatever. Get healthy. And also, by getting healthy, you can reduce the amount of money that you're going to spend on health insurance costs in the long run. The average person needs to set aside 250 grand to pay for the, you know, all of the different medical costs in retirement. So if you get into, go into retirement and you're still drinking the the soda pop and smoking the cigarettes, um, you know, and, and you still have longevity in your family and you're but you're really unhealthy, you're going to spend a lot more money and have a, a retirement that's not going to be a good one. It's going to be kind of a miserable existence. So really concentrate prior to retirement. On, on getting healthy, because a lot of people, they sit at their desks all day, right? Yep. The, body, the, the human body is not meant to sit. And so you end up with all these back problems and everything else. So it's not going to a chiropractor that's fixed. It's going to a physical therapist and getting the exercises and rebuilding and strengthening those muscles so that you can have fun in retirement. Human body not meant to sit. That's why we got the squatty potty. So, Chad, one of the things I saw about getting healthy was I once met a man at a gym in the heat room, the, the dry heat, not the wet heat, and he was 65 plus. And wait, wait, was, is this another one of those naked old guy stories? No, 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 no. He, he was actually clothed, which was kind of interesting because very few Good. people are. Um, but he's stretching, and he's just moving his body, not like hardcore yoga or anything like that, but he's kind of doing old man yoga, is what I would say, mm-hmm. in, a, in a heated room. And he goes, you know, when I play golf, I still got it where all my friends are all tight and I like, can barely move. And I'm like... I'm going to remember that. Yeah. So uh, people should just pay attention. If you had a grandfather who was super healthy in retirement, what did he do? Copy it. So yeah, other th- oh, go ahead. I've got a client that's 84 years old and does three hours of Tai Chi every day in a park. Wow. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, that's, and he loves it. Does it with a group of people. I'm with you. Um, to me, I, I'm always self-conscious on that one. I don't think I could do it in front of other people. Um flow. Rob Black can't flow? I cannot flow. So, um, <laughs> hobbies and charitable intent. They, that's kind of where I'm leaning for my thoughts on retirement. My very young thoughts on retirement at this point in time is that I want to work with animals or children or I want to pass on some something positive. Yeah, and it, it, in the same way, I'm trying to get more and more time freed up and, and do more delegates so I can get more involved in the community issues like that too because I see that the the happiness that it brings to people – and also, it's it's really odd. I keep saying this, and it's kind of like the Oprah Winfrey, the secret kind of book cheesy thing, but it seems like when people have wealth, the more they give, the more they get. So, And the people that are off um, with Doctors Without Borders, clients that I have that are doing that, they're just, they're energized. They're always doing something, and, and they get a lot of joy out of it, and it gives them something to do, and, and again, something to get out of bed for. So... Um, hobbies, charitable intent, those are the people that, you know, they, they golf a lot. They have their hiking group, um, you know, the same people they golf with every Sunday or the the church that they go to, uh, Meals on Wheels, that's another big one, um, those types of things. People really get a lot of joy out of those things. 
they also just create social interaction, which is something a lot of people in retirement start to fade with. Um, I'm speaking with CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. One of your things on your list on getting ready for retirement is be ready to help kids and grandkids. Job market's going to be tough. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Let's talk about it. Well, part of it is because people can't afford to retire. So people aren't retiring at 60, 65 years old anymore. They're working longer at the higher wages, which is causing um, you know some of the, the wage issues that we're seeing. Now, we did get a little wage increase on, on jobs reports recently, which is great for the overall economy. Um, but the it, it's it's not like it was saying you know when when you moved into the bay area in the 90s rob where kids were coming out of school with six figure income right? right it's just not like that and unfortunately i think a lot of kids took really stupid college courses that aren't technology based or mathematics based or you know philosophy or english degrees so if they if they want to be a teacher that's fine but to get into a world that's really going to be driven by automation data uh, technology, healthcare, biotech, if they're not in those fields, it's going to be a bigger wealth gap, in my opinion. Um, and housing is very expensive, so people, you know, kids are living at home or with their grandparents in certain situations. I just saw a housing report that said these three cities are going to have the highest rent increases the next few years. It's also the three cities that have had the highest home appreciation in the last three years, um, Portland, uh, Seattle, and Denver. So Things are getting more and more expensive. I look at rents now and think back. I, when I was young, delivering pizzas was enough to cover rent. It's not going to cover rent anymore. No. no. You're delivering pizzas and having two or three roommates. And uh, that's no fun. So, CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, lots of good things there. Chad and I do seminars all the time together. You can find out more about them at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of good downloadables there. You can also sign up to get an appointment with CFP Chad Burton. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I was talking a little bit about in your 30s how things start to cost a little bit more and how you should be saving a little bit more money. You know, you want to start planning for some new life goals in your 30s. In your 20s, you're thinking spouse maybe. You're thinking house maybe. And those become realities and baby maybe in your 30s. Home buying and children are two major goals for people. They're likely on people's radars. And I do believe that there's a biological clock that ticks. Um, because none of us want to be 60 years old or 70 years old and our kids go into prom uh, is a better way of putting that, I guess. Unless, of course, you're like one of those celebrities who does that. 
when it comes to home buying, you need to know that you should try to have 20% of the cost ready for down payment. You don't have to. There's programs that come and go. But it's nice if you have skin in the game and that you're financially prepared. And know that when you're buying a home, there's a lot more than just that monthly payment. There's closing costs. There's maintenance. There's repairs. There's insurance. Um, and then there's emergencies that are going to come up with your home. Act, actively consider how much it really costs and put funds away. Uh, you don't want to have an overnight decision ding, to buy a home. It should be a well-thought-out plan. And even when you're apartment shopping, you should you know, try to figure out what the traffic looks like. Um, you know, I bought a... I t- in my 20s... In my 30s, I would always try to live close to where I work. That was important to me. Uh, and to give you an example of a TV station that I worked at in my 30s, I lived five minutes away. I would work from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., and I'd be home at 10.05 and enjoying the day kind of thing. That's, to me, more important than a bigger home or a cheaper location. I think in your 30s, you're also going to want to start thinking about additional responsibilities. You want to start putting together a will or a trust. If you haven't done it by the time you're 40, you're just lazy and or you're living in denial that people do start to kick off. A will and a last will and testament. It can be done very, very cheap at LegalZoom, and it's better than nothing. Is it great? No. When you start adding in previous marriages or real estate out of the state that you live in, investment properties, you probably want a lawyer. But if you have a kid or a house in California, I highly recommend a trust. Um, Again, at least a will, but consider a trust. A trust cuts out probate, and probate's basically state attorneys that take between thirty and 40000 of your money as a dead person to make sure that any state, any property that you own wasn't previously owned by the Navajo Indians or wasn't previously owned by, um, or two people own it currently. So it just, it, it goes through and checks the checks and dashes the T's and dots the I's and uh, you don't want the courts doing that. I think in your 30s, you want to consider buying term life insurance for sure, because you now have a kid and you have a wife or a spouse. In California, let's be honest, it typically takes two incomes to make ends meet. Otherwise, you're living in an apartment as a single person. Um, very few single people can afford to own. I'm throwing a lot, a lot of generalizations at this point in time. Um, but consider term life insurance. You don't need a whole life. You don't need variable life. Big waste of money. And this basically ensures that your family is financially secure if you were born with a faulty heart valve or that bus driver who's merging in traffic doesn't see you. Um, or, you know, the brakes that you thought had another 2,000 miles in them. Whoops, they didn't. Or, and I've seen so many crazy things, haven't you? Like tree branches that fall and make people cripple. Um, 
but that's not death. That's crippled, and that's why you need disability insurance. And fortunately, most places you work for offer some disability insurance. But that's where you start using the word supplemental. It's like Social Security is a supplemental program. You're supposed to have more than that. So you need to get disability insurance and do it when you're skinny and do it when you're not smoking. And if you ever have to get life insurance or term, uh, disability insurance and you're fat and you're obese and you're a smoker, if you ever lose weight or you stop smoking or you stop drinking and your liver profile looks better, tell the disability insurance, tell the life insurance, I'd like to get another test. And you'll get repriced at a lower rate. So... Uh, now, let's move into your 40s. You want to focus on what I would say, you know, in your 20s, I st- you want to start building the foundation. In your 30s, you want to firm up that foundation. In your 40s, you want to focus on that foundation a little bit more. Um, you should have zero credit card debt. You really should never have had it. Um, you should have enough in an emergency fund that if you do get laid off, that you could take a month to kind of stop and collect your thoughts. And not think, I have to get back to work, I have to get back to work, I have to get back to work. In your 40s, you're closer to retiring, and you should know that. You earn money from age 20 to 60. Um, Sometimes you don't make it to 60. Sometimes it just isn't meant to be, per se. So, in your 40s, if you have a kid, start at 529. Max out your 401k, or your 403b, or your 457. And then consider a 529 plan for your kid's college fund. Um, there's also other supplemental ways of saving for your kid's college, like you promise, which is kind of a rewards point system um, that's tied to your, to your credit cards, your debit cards. So like Safeway, for instance, every time you shop at Safeway, uh, with if you have your credit card or your debit card linked to Safeway, or I'm sorry, linked to you promise, it'll automatically send money towards your kid's college, and that's awesome doesn't add up to a lot, but it's whatever it is, it's free. And it doesn't take away from your points or your other rewards programs that you have with credit cards. Um, everyone handles their kids differently. I think if you want to fund your kids' education, I think that's a great thing. I think 529 plans are the best way to do it. There's a great website called savingforcollege.com. Um, you know, 529 plans differ like gold and clay. For some reason... We as a nation, we're great, but we're also 50 states, and we have 50 attorney state general, 50 state attorney generals. We got 50, you know, governors, and all these plans get put together slightly different. Uh, California's plan is good, but Utah's is better. Your kid doesn't have to go to Utah. You could open an account, call Fidelity, and say, "I want to open up a 529 plan." And they're going to say, "Which state?" And you can say Utah, and they. They'll say, you live in California, and you'll be like, yeah, I know, but Rob Black says when it comes time for college, my kid can go to any college, any college, as long as the the funds in that 529 plan are used for college costs. And they're pretty liberal on what a college cost is, just FYI. Um, so think about that. Good website for college is savingforcollege.com. That's savingforcollege.com. Not only do you learn about 529s, but you learn about uh, financial forms that you're going to have to file if you want to get, you know, uh, grants and loans. And I highly recommend parents help their kids, um, especially help is the key phrase there. 
maybe negotiate with your kids. I've got a family member who went to community college for two years, and then she's transferring to Berkeley. Uh, 30 years ago, I had a best friend who went to community college for two years, and he transferred to Harvard. Do you think anyone, do you think he ever tells anyone on the planet that he went to Northern Virginia Community College? Probably not. He probably still uses his Harvard email address, if you know what I'm saying. Sometime in your 40s, you're going to have to start thinking about your parents. And I have a friend recently whose mother got dementia, and it looks like her brother kidnapped her, her mother. And suddenly she's living in her mother's house, and she gets a notice from the sheriffs, you got to move out. We're evicted you in the next 30 days. And, but her mother wanted her to stay in the house, but her mother didn't really put together a good enough will or trust. And she claims that her brother changed the will and trust of her mother's. So you kind of want to start thinking about these worst-case scenarios because they happen. You know, my dad uh, had a heart attack. They found, during that heart attack, they found lung cancer. They took it out. Five years later, it comes back. They say, you've got six months to live. He was dead after that. Uh, a couple years later, my mom's had a couple strokes. Um, and the last 20 years of her life has been in crap conditions, just horrible. Uh, her mind's not there. And aging parents can suck money from themselves pretty fast, but then it comes down to, do you want them to live with you or not? Or do you want to put them in a home? Can they stay in their own home? And these are all issues that you really got to start thinking about. So um, I've just kind of summed up what you need in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, and I'm sure I forgot something there. Um, but open dialogue in all periods of this time is great. In your 20s, you should talk to your parents about money and learn from them as much as you can. Or if you have an uncle who's got $8 million saved up, talk to him. What did you do right? What did you do wrong? Open communication is really important. And if, for instance, um, I know a girl who was engaged in her 20s to a guy who he didn't care. He had no thought about the future. He was all about credit cards now and playing Xbox and watching the Kardashians. She wanted a kid and a future, a house. They're very different. Guess what? Even though they're fiancés, they never got married because she started figuring it out. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I praise you. I think you're doing a good job just by even listening to this show. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, I'm a big fan of kind of teaching you how to fish and showing you the people who are the best teachers out there. I mentioned Warren Buffett. I last left off with be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. And I could throw in like statement after statement after statement. And like here's another one that he throws out. It's far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than to buy a fair company at a wonderful price. Um, buy great companies. Now, I'm not telling you don't pay attention to the valuation, but buy great companies. 
if you have time. So there's two types of investors in my world. There's people who have time and there's people that are managing their wealth. Time to grow your wealth, wealth accumulators, and time to manage your wealth. When a management with a reputation for brilliance tackles business with a reputation for bad economics, it's usually the reputation of that business that remains intact. So don't think that, you know, all these quant guys, super smart guys can turn around an industry that doesn't have a lot of profits or doesn't have a lot of room for margin growth. Um, I think one of the areas that, you know, is most concerning is the organic food industry. It, it's got so many pluses, organic food, you know, uh, cancer society, millennials, they care, you know, the, the story is there, but in the end, people are pretty tight with their money and they want to spend four ninety nine for 12 eggs. And once you start getting to six ninety nine, they're going to say, you know what, put, put the birds in a cage. I don't care. But then there's also a trend where you take the birds out of the cage and as more and more people do it, those six ninety nine dollar eggs go down to four ninety nine. Anyway, one of my favorite Warren Buffett quotes is, you only find out who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. And there's a lot of people out there who act like they know their stuff. A lot of people in real estate and, and mortgage lending. And like, hey, uh, Vanilla Ice, famous short seller. Like, okay. A house flipper. Whatever. When you're in a market where in the last 15 years you've had about 10 up years and 5 down years, but you're on the side of 6 up years right now, you look pretty smart until the tide goes out, until interest rates move higher. Know that risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. And a lot of people in an environment where low interest rates are the dominant story of real estate, and I own real estate, I own more than three pieces of real estate, and I think they're at valuation highs. If I were going to end my my years of accumulating wealth right now, I'd sell them all. But I'm not. I still have time, so I don't mind if there's a cycle where they come back down. So I know that interest rates are the prevalent, prevalent issue right now. There's a phrase from Warren Buffett that says, "Price is what you pay, value is what you get." Um, just learn to be a good shopper. Learn how to compare stocks. Um, and keep in mind, like if a company does really well, the stock price will eventually follow. So look for companies, you know, that do their job well every year. Look for companies that you've respected your whole life. Um, and in a bad market, those are the ones you want to consider. Um, I don't like investing in companies that constantly lose money. To me, that's like investing in a boat that's constantly gaining water. It ends badly. So if you were to say, Rob, I'm going to take you out on a boat. This is a Warren Buffett quote, but I'm going to put it in my own terms. If you were to take me out on a boat, I'm going to go fishing in the big ocean. Or if you were to give me a gun and a barrel of fish, I'd rather take a gun and a barrel of fish. I like to go for cinches. I like to go for easy. Um, I'll go as far as to put a hole in the barrel, <laughs> let all the water run out, and then I don't even have to shoot the gun at the fish. Um, in the business world, I think the rearview mirror is always really clear. Always really clear. And a lot of people can't understand that they think, like, 
past performance, this stock did great. It'll continue to great. This mutual fund did great. It'll continue to great. But in the business world, you know, the rearview mirror is always clean, but the front windshield, not so much. So those are just some basic ideas. And, you know, a lovely idea on retirement to me is when Warren Buffett said, someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And I completely agree with that concept. I think America is slowly waking up from the dream um, on benefiting financially from owning a house. So you all know that houses sold for $40,000 in the mid-1960s. They're worth you know, a million dollars today, depending on what market you live in, or 120000 today. Um, prices throughout the economy have tripled since 1965. Uh, they've quadrupled now, in fact. And if you had put money in the stock market at the same time that you had put money into a house in the 1960s, and you continued to pay off your mortgage for that period of time, you would have quadrupled your money in the stock market over 30 years versus a house. So you look back at any 100-year period and give your, look at back over the last 100 years and look at a 20- to 40-year period, and stocks are going to beat the hell out of real estate. In large part because real estate needs the stock market. The stock market is a reflection of the economy. Economy generates profits. Profits drive stocks higher. When profits are driven higher, companies give people wage inflation. They give them, you know, uh, a raise. <laughs> Searching for that word. Um, but a lot of people don't grasp that. A 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is a powerful tool especially when you tie it into a tax bracket. So if you look at inflation, call it 2%, house prices have been increasing faster, but you can't expect housing to always beat generally inflation. So historically, housing average is about 4%. Bonds average about 5 to 6%. And stocks average 8 to 10% depending on if you're reinvesting dividends. So the interesting thing to me is that people talk about making money on houses, and they always find different reasons to do it. But if you track housing prices with inflation, you're not doing as great. And then if you track housing prices with what you put in with in maintenance and mortgage cost and taxes, if you would put that same amount into the stock market, you'd be up quadruple. You'd be like, oh, I get it. Um, so, and then if you look at, for instance, my neighbor who came to me recently and said, if my house just goes up 3% a year for the next 12 years, I'm going to be well off. I'm like, but your house has gone up 6 to 9% each year during the last five years. So you're already above the norm. And he's like, oh, I don't think that way. <laughs> he just assumes that he's always going to be at least 3%. Even when the years that are better than 3%, he's not willing to revert to the norm. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.
Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm trying to get you to retirement. That's kind of my goal. It's, you know, a a goal of you need a million dollars at least. A million dollars will pay you $40,000 a year roughly till the day you die. Maybe you need more. Maybe you need a little bit less. Depends on where you live, cost of living, um, inheritances, and a couple other things for sure. Uh, right now, we've got near record low inventories in the housing market, and that brings up the question of where are the sellers? The U.S. has seen more than three years of booming sellers market for housing. There's plenty of Americans who are reluctant to sell their house because they don't know where they're going to go to live and how they're going to afford where they go to after they sell you the run-up in their home. Uh, let's bring in Tony Mendez from BarryLoanSource.com and talk a little more real estate, try to get you motivated and thoughts in that area. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's done a refi for me, a refi or two, and an original mortgage or two for me. So he's my go-to guy when it comes to lending. Let's talk a little portfolio lending, Mr. Mendez. What's the word portfolio lending mean? Like, what, What's the concept here? A portfolio lender is basically a lender that's going to lend you a mortgage. Okay. Lend you money, and they're going to keep it on their books. They're probably not going to sell it to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Okay. But what it also allows them to do is kind of go out of the box uh, and give you different kind of guidelines um, that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac won't allow. The downside is is that they're limited on the products that that they offer you. They're going to be a little bit more risky, like usually an arm, and they sometimes can have prepayment penalties on it. But it it it, it I think portfolio lenders have a great place in the market. They're picking up the slack that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Are, um, that, that they can't handle. Um, and it's a necessity. And I think it is leading towards the privatization of mortgages. And I think that it's kind of, you know, they're feeling it out. And I think there are, are ways for lenders to make money this way and help the society in the same uh, fashion. Uh, but there's so many different kinds of portfolio products and, and guidelines that are different than Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. They do higher uh, calculations on asset depletions, Condos that aren't warrantable, foreign nationals, pledged assets. Pledged assets are really interesting. You can actually have assets in your bank, move them to the bank that you're going to get the money from, and they count that towards your down payment, but you don't actually have to spend the money. It's called pledged assets. So you can put 20% down, but only put really 10% down and put the 10% in their bank. Um, You do self-employed for less than two years, high debt ratios, uh, recently listed properties. I mean, there's a long, long list. Uh, of reasons why portfolio lenders work in the industry right now. Now, portfolio lending, uh, one of the things that you brought up is that they kind of pick up the slack that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac can't cover. In the Bay Area, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac typically can't cover necessarily um, the jumbo homes. I mean, there's some really expensive homes here that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac just say, you know what, that's not our cup of tea. Right, a jumbo loan is essentially a uh, portfolio loan. Okay. It, it's an investor that's that has set their guidelines, typically close to what Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac um, is doing, and that we're not too far off of what Fannie and Freddie are doing. Okay. When we're in portfolio or jumbo, um, we're just looking at different ways to loan people the money at these different for these different scenarios, and that's where they really pick up the slack. 
Now, what else do we need to know about portfolio lending? And do we even need to know, or are you just magically going to get It's different than private money. Okay. Um, private money is where you basically don't even show credit. You don't show income. You don't show – well, you do show assets, but you show more of a story, um, and it's more equity-based than it is um, than it is credit-based. But portfolio lending is still going to follow the same kind of guidelines where you need a good credit score. You need to have income. You still have to qualify under the ratios uh, that they offer. But you, you, when going into a type of loan like this, you have to understand that you're, you're, they're, they're putting you in a cycle. They're, okay. they're putting you in a cycle just like a bad credit kind of cycle where you're buying a car and you go back and you buy another car and, you, and you're always at the higher interest rate. You're just at a different kind of program. And some of the products that they offer are actually lower rates than you can get through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. But, again, they're riskier. So it's not for everybody. It's interesting because I had a conversation recently at one of my events where someone's like, I want to buy a rental property for retirement. I'm like, okay, what I need to explain to you is that that's riskier than buying a real estate investment trust. I would rather you look at REIT that's publicly traded, like an Avalon Bay, and then you're buying rental properties in San Francisco. Right. And Free and clear. 100 shares is 100 shares. A lot of investors, now that person may buy one and eventually end up with 10. Um, there's some rules that say you, you can't buy more than 10 properties on your credit, but some portfolio lenders allow that. So it is a tool that investors use as well. It's interesting to note because uh, I had to convince the guy that having a Retirement property is a risk in mm-hmm. retirement if you lose the uh, the tenant. If rates go up in the next 10 years, which I'm guessing mortgage rates go up in the next 10 years, then, the, value, right, then the valuation of what someone's going to be able to afford is probably less because we're more how much can we afford centric than we are interest rate centric. Um, and the guy just looked at me with like glass in his eyes. It was kind of sad that... He just wanted me to agree That's with That's because him. most of what he's hearing is that real estate's the end to your real estate problem or your real retirement problems. It's yeah. the best way and fastest way to get to retirement and make money. You can find Tony Mendez, thank you, at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Like I said, he's done numerous loans for me. He gets the job done. It's pretty thorough. It's a process. So know that going in that you want to borrow money these days or refinance money, it's going to cost you some time and effort. So you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. So owning a home is a great concept and great idea. You don't have to do it to get to retirement, and it's not safer than investing. And you're probably wiser to max out your income by figuring out ways to do that than getting into real estate. Right now, the best thing about real estate is there's not a lot of inventory, and there's very, very low interest rates. That combination, the combination of low interest rates has made housing is as affordable as it's going to get. Wage increases aren't there. If higher rates eventually come into the 30-year mortgage market, real estate will fall. On that basic concept, unless wages go higher, or unless we continue to get foreign investors forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.